We're back. We're back, baby. It's a while <laughs> since we've done one of these. Yeah, a long while. Well, we haven't even done one of these this year. No, I, I don't think we've done one since last <laughs> August. Oh, shameful. <laughs> I, will, I will double check that. Um, well, I, I know what we've forgotten. I know what we've forgotten. Let's start with the theme tune. <laughs> This is the Midweek Horror Podcast with Hannah Fox and Alice Reed. Welcome to the Midweek Horror Podcast. I'm Hannah Fox. And I'm Alice Reed. <laughs> I'm just giggling because I did that in a really weird way. No, I think it was fine. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was overthinking it. Yeah, yeah. So much pressure. <laughs> well, this, <sighs> is, this is probably going to be the first podcast we've got out since July because we've, yeah, we've... We've recorded about four now <laughs> that, for one reason or another, haven't seen the light of day. Maybe we should do like an outtakes podcast. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, just <laughs> take the bits. Yeah, yeah. Take like yeah. all the half finished podcasts we've got and just roll them into one. It's unfortunate for everyone because obviously they're missing this great banter and fantastic <laughs> content. But what can we say? We're just cursed. Yeah, we are mm. cursed. But this one I'm determined to get out. And also the last one that we recorded. So we recorded a podcast about um, Smile. Yep. Which we really enjoyed. Unfortunately, the key part of it, after we've seen the film where we're talking about the film itself, um, the audio was so bad it was unusable. But at some point we're going to re-record that. Yeah. So that one will be published. It'll be going out Yeah, it'll just go out out of order a little bit. I don't think it matters, does it? No. 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 I was bothered. Um, yeah, but I'm really glad we're doing a podcast. Hopefully this will be... Do you know I'm not even going to say hopefully this will be us <laughs> getting back into doing reg- regular podcasts <laughs> I don't think again. we can keep saying this. No, certainly not. I mean, we've said that we're on... We're trying, guys. <laughs> e- every one of the four podcasts that we didn't even finish, we sat here saying, well, hopefully, hopefully this is us back again. We we didn't even we didn't even release those. Do you know what it is though? It's because we love doing it so much. The want is there. Yeah. We're very keen. It's just one thing or another, isn't it? You know, and um, we've just been unlucky. We've been busy. You know. Yeah, yeah. It, it happens, but the main thing is we want to do it. We want to keep going. So please keep listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's there, <laughs> thanks, mum. <laughs> Well, to kick us off, mm. since we last convened, Han, have you seen any horror films? Do you know, I have. Um, well, one, I've probably seen quite a few <laughs> since we last did um, a podcast that we released. But the, uh, the We one... even tried to do some podcasts about them, didn't we? <laughs> 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 uh, but the one that springs to mind, actually, was one that I saw last week. Um, and I went to see this at a little independent cinema, which is really nice. Um, and it was a pod, uh, it wasn't a podcast at all. It was, um, a film called The Hunger, which I don't know if you've seen it, Alice, but it's, uh, it was starring David Bowie, a very young David Bowie. Really? Yeah. And I've never, and you know me, I, I like. I've even heard of it. The only film, no. the only films I knew that mm. David Bowie in were The Man Who Fell to Earth. Yeah. And of course, The Snowman. <laughs> Do you remember him introducing the snowman? He'd be sat there in his Christmas jumper. It was just, and it, they don't, they don't include it nowadays. When they play the snowman, they just mm. play the cartoon. But it used to have an intro that was David Bowie. Yeah, he was around quite a lot in our childhood. Um, but yeah, I, I'd never heard of it, and I was like, oh, that might be interesting. So I just popped down in the middle of the week, um, and I actually really enjoyed it. So. Well, actually, not just so. I said David Bowie just because he was the first one that came to mind. Like I say, very young David Bowie. Also had um, Catherine Deneuve in it as well. And um, Susan Sarandon. Huh. Yeah. So quite an interesting cast. Also, like, it, random people in it. So there's a there was, like, a second of some guy who's just playing, like, some sort of young guy on the street. And I was like, I recognise that guy. And I looked it up afterwards and it was Willem Dafoe. Oh, my <laughs> like God. Random. 
Wow. So it was one of those, you know, n- n- I'd not heard of before, but actually ended up being um, quite a treat. So the basic storyline, um, it was all quite sort of like um, sexy. They're, they're kind of like these sexy vampires mm. living in... Um, now, it wasn't New York, I don't think, but it was, you know, some city in mm-hmm. the States. And um, it's basically the story is that the David Bowie's character and Catherine Deneuve are these two ancient vampires, but they're obviously very sexy and young and cool looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she is very, very old. She's like some kind of like Egyptian, you know, goddess. And she at some point has made him into a vampire. And they're just kind of hanging around. But the interesting thing about this one is he suddenly starts to age and they don't know why. Um, so he's like panicking. He's like turning into an old man, like within a week. So they go to this, um, sort of like, it's kind of like a, like a clinic, like a blood clinic where Susan Sarandon is doing all these tests on monkeys to work out how to live longer. So this is how she basically gets, ends up getting involved with it. So she's not a vampire. She's not a vampire. Okay. Um, but then it's, I don't want to spoil it actually, because I actually think people should go and see it because it is really good. I don't know how easy it is to get hold of. Some people will hate it because the storyline's a bit, it's one of those where it is quite like artsy. Mm. So, but for me, that didn't take anything away from it. So the storyline's not strong, but, um, I do think people should go and see it and see what they think. Um, but basically she gets involved with these vampires and, you know, is trying to find out why he's getting old. Um, and then she gets involved with them and gets turned as well. And then it yeah, kind of yeah. goes from there. Uh, but no, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a little bit different. Haven't seen that sort of film in a while. Um, and like I say, it was very sort of like 80s sexy, you know, mm. kind of, um, just, yeah, just kind of, kind of fun and nice to see something that I hadn't even heard of before that was an older film. Yeah. It yeah. was slightly more, I mean, look, it obviously wasn't low, low budget, but it was kind of one of those films from before they were really famous. So Catherine mm. Deneuve was, but she hadn't been in a film for quite a long time. And apparently it was during a time where David Bowie, David Bowie had, he was known and he had released music, but he hadn't, he hadn't got to that point where he was really famous. Yeah, he hadn't yeah. kind he, of got that hit, those hits yeah, yet. He wasn't so. yet at the snowman level. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that. And I'd recommend it, um, if you can, if you can get it, if you can see it at cinema, even better, but you might be able to get it on Amazon or something. Oh, yeah. I'd never even heard of that no. film. So that that's the hunger. Do do we know if it's critically highly thought of? It's interesting, actually. Let's let's see what the tomatometer yeah, has to say. I haven't even thought. Oh gosh, we don't this normally. This my old friend, the tomatometer. Yeah, we don't normally get it out this early. No. Let's see what Rotten Tomatoes thinks of the hunger. So I've forgotten how to use the tomatometer. A tomatometer says fifty six percent. So split, I would say. I think that's quite respect- think, respectable for that kind yeah, of film. Yeah, 66% audience score. Uh, yeah, and I, I kind of thought it would be the sort of um, film that not everyone would like because, like I say, it was a bit artsy and the storyline, it finished, like it had an end and mm. it sort of all made sense, but there were some gaps in it where I mm. kind of went, why would that happen? <laughs> How have yeah. you done that? Um, for instance, I don't think it's giving too much away, but one of, I won't say who and what but one of the vampires suddenly sort of dies but very easily <laughs> i was like well why did that make them die you know it was one of those mm-hmm. sorts of things so quite gappy but um didn't yeah didn't take away from the enjoyment do you reckon it's too early in the podcast to have a look at a splodge why not yeah Shall let's, we? See. let's somebody do who doesn't like the hunger yeah we starring make, david we bowie the rules around here come on yeah yeah can do this to the podcast in any old order. Yeah, exactly. This we isn't even isn't even the film we're watching. <laughs> we're just that out there. That's yeah. what it is. Okay. <laughs> Try to find one that's a real... <laughs> okay. So, Renee Schonfeld from Common Sense Media says, Bloody lesbian vampire story is stylish, but no Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> is that the gold standard? it was a lesbian vampire story like there is like some lesbian sort of gay themes in it yeah yeah but i wouldn't i hadn't, I hadn't thought that maybe i just hadn't concentrated on that bit of it but, but yeah interesting um and raul hernandez from austin chronicle says 
more style than substance, and perhaps simply an excuse to get Deneuve and Susan Sarandon, Miriam's post-Bowie love, in bed together. It was probably a little bit style over substance. I'm not going to disagree with that, but... Still great. And also, like, it's the 80s. Come on, people. Yeah, yeah. The 80s yeah. were style over substance. It was. By the way, all of these now say something about lesbian vampire flicks. So clearly I just missed something. <laughs> I mean, there was some there was some girl-on-girl action, but, you know, I didn't really think that was the focus of the film. But yeah, clearly yeah. these guys did, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for the recommendation. Like I say, I hadn't even heard of that one. Yeah. Check it out. I think you might find it find it fun. Does um does Bowie have any musical numbers in it? No, he doesn't actually. That's a shame. No. That's no. a shame. It's not like Labyrinth, unfortunately. Oh, no. Got it. Anyway, how about you? Anything uh worth mentioning since the last time? Actually, did I say a second ago the only films I know that David Bowie was in? You did forget Labyrinth. I did forget Labyrinth. I was Labyrinth, gonna remind yeah. you of that, but and then I thought maybe that was just so obvious you didn't think about it. No, no, I could, no. I just forgot about it. Huh. Well, mm. here we are. We're going to watch a film tonight. And you never answered my question. Oh, what was your film? Totally sidestepped that. Let's start again. What was your film? <laughs> right, so, let's try again. What was your question? I said to you, Yeah. have you seen any uh, good films since the last time? No. Right. Well, that, was, <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> So basically, so we were talking about this before. We were. So I used to be in the habit of uh, checking IMDb for new releases of British horror films because I was helping out on horrifiedmagazine.co.uk, which announced that it was closing, but is now back, which is great news. But um, yeah, so I got out of the habit of just keeping abreast of what was going on in the British horror film industry. Um, And that was something I actually really enjoyed doing because I got to see... Lots of cool, lower budget, not very famous productions I actually really enjoyed. And um, I was just looking at IMDb, and since I last looked, loads have come out that I didn't even think of checking for. So I'm going to make a little watch list and get through some of them. And actually, one of them is the film we're going to watch tonight. Mm. So do you want to tell the people at home what it is? I would, if I could remember the title and not that it was... Sorry, um... I put you on the spot a bit. <laughs> to be fair, I threw you under the bus because I knew you hadn't watched any films. I just wanted to shame <laughs> you. So I sounded good for once. <laughs> All I know is that it was, um, it was, was it, was it directed or produced by, um, the guy that plays Paddy Kirk? On Emmerdale. <laughs> Off Emmerdale, yeah. Dominic Brunt. Dominic um, Brunt. That's, that's a good question, actually. He directed it. Did he write it? Let me check. So the people at home might hear some plip plops because I'm using the phone. <laughs> I'm using the phone to look it up. Not the that I'm, yeah, that I'm actually um, recording this audio on. So you might hear me tapping the screen. Um, here we go. It's called Wolf Manor. It's his latest film. And it is... It's directed by Dominic Brunt, but it was written by Joel Ferrari and Peter Wilde. Pete Wilde, sorry. So that is the film... Just tap the screen again a couple more times. Sorry, people at home. Yep, so that is the film we're watching tonight. It's a werewolf film. This will be the second uh, film I've seen by Dominic Brunt. So he he basically has a film production company with his wife, Joanne Mitchell, I think. They're like a sort of husband-wife filmmaking team. And they do sort of low-budget, quite diverse horrors. You know, they're not all sort of cut from the same cloth. So the last film I saw by him was called Evie which was a sort of spooky, haunting, quite sad uh, horror drama. He has also done a film called Attack of the Adult Babies, <laughs> which I've not seen, unfortunately. It's, it's meant to be good. Um, and he did a zombie film called Before Dawn, I think. So this is his, his latest film that he's directed. It's called Wolf Manor. All I know about it is it, it's a werewolf film, and I think it's uh, got some comic elements as well. I don't think it's a very serious film. I've not seen a werewolf film in... God, I can't remember the last time yeah. I saw a werewolf. So I think the last werewolf film I saw was A Werewolf in England by Charlie yeah. Steeds, uh, who makes really... We watched one of them and did a podcast on it. We watched the one was it called The Secret of the Tower of London or something. Yes, that's You it. loved it. Loved yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Brilliant. I'm a big fan of Charlie Steeds' films. Uh, a Werewolf in England is no exception. So I'm hoping that... 
Dominic Brunt's Wolf Manor will be a sort of similar proposition. Lots of practical effects, you know, people running around in wolf costumes. I don't want any CGI. No. And I don't think there will be any. full wolf. Yeah, full wolf. (laughs) So what I suggest, let's have a look at the trailer. Yeah. And then report back. Perfect. So we've just watched the trailer. Mm. Looked good. It did look good. It looked a bit more serious than I was expecting. Like the werewolf actually looked like quite scary. Yeah, but um, not CGI by the looks. No, yeah. No. We did get to see the werewolf in the trailer and it was basically uh, someone in a full a full bodysuit that looked really good. Mm. Um, just going around killing people. Lots of familiar faces, most of whom I couldn't name apart from Phil Jupiter's. Yeah, randomly. randomly. And James Fleet, who's... Very famous, really. So he was, um, he started out in like the Vicar of Dibley, those sorts of things. But oh, really? he's been in loads of films and stuff. Yeah, he huh. was Hugo in the Vicar of Dibley. Huh. But you know, he's a, he's a well known actor who's been in a lot of stuff. So yeah, I was surprised that he was there. But I guess friends in the business. Dominic Brunt, I have to remember to call him that rather than Paddy, <laughs> I think made an appearance right at the beginning of the trailer as the, the front, taxi driver. In front of the car, yeah. yeah. So it looked. Also, the guy from Shameless is in it too. Oh, was he? Yeah, Shane. He was Shane and Shameless. And he was also in Emmerdale, actually. Really? Yeah. It looked like, um, I'd say it looked tongue-in-cheek rather than a sort of laugh-riot, full-on comedy. Yeah. It looked more like a sort of, um, like I'm I'm not expecting us to be in Stitches, but that's fine. It's not Hmm. the kind of film. I'm expecting it to have some actual real tension and scary moments as well. I think that's, that's what I'm expecting. It looked quite um, sort of fast-paced. Fast-paced, yeah. yeah. I think there'll be a lot of action. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of action. In terms of storyline, um, hard to tell. I think they all have gone to this manor for some reason. Yeah. Spooky old manor. And a werewolf's shown up. That's about all I could get from Yeah, that. to be fair, it was very light on the story. It was literally the people are here and there's a werewolf. Killing them. Killing them, yeah. But to be honest, that's kind of what I want from this yeah. film. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it, don't get me wrong, I don't think it needs it. I just couldn't really tell the listener any more than that from what we just saw yeah. in terms of storyline. So we're going to have a pizza because our pizza hot's on the way. And then we're going to watch the film. Yup. And then I think we will come back and give the people at home yet more examples of the kind of keen analysis <laughs> you've just been listening to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still I mean, waiting for... It's like a, a werewolf chasing people. Yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for a university to give us our um, honorary <laughs> degree. Degree. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Anytime now. Actually, you have a degree in film studies, don't you? Yeah. So you don't need an honorary one. Don't say that. All right, the people will expect more. No, you can't. <laughs> the people will be like, really? <laughs> She's got a degree in film studies? <laughs> oh, man. Yes, unfortunately, that is true. <laughs> no, it's not unfortunate. Well, I mean, not unfortunate, but I really should know more. <laughs> well, no, but we, we, we don't treat these podcasts as like research pieces, do we? We just watch, a, watch a this film, relax true. and have a bit of fun. Okay, excellent. Well, I say let's play the jingle and then come back and do the rest of the podcast. <laughs> We're back. We're back. So I said something in my eye the second we said that. It's all, it's all right, Han. You, can, I was like, you oh, don't have to be embarrassed about crying. You don't have to pretend you had something so in your eye. It was so emotional. Yeah, it was totes emotion. That was quite totes, a... Oh, totes emotion. Quite an emotional roller coaster. It really was. Um, um, we're back after watching Wolf Manor, directed by Dominic Brunt. Paddy. Paddy. Paddy <laughs> um, what did you think? Do you know, I... I'm not sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Weird one. I enjoyed it. I went through sort of phases of thinking it was... As I was watching the film, I went through times where I thought, I don't think this is very good. And other times when I was like, oh, I quite like that. It's picked up a bit. And then I'd be like, oh, don't know again. But overall... I think I overall I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't particularly think it was that good. 
But overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so I would say I enjoyed it. I found it a perfectly diverting film torch of an evening. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I've got like some constructive same criticism. Mm. Like there's a few things where I would have, which I wasn't so keen on, and a, f- a few things I really liked. Yeah. Um, I think for me it was just um, quite a respectable, respectable three star. I genre would, flick. I would agree. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. maybe to quite be a, honest, quite a warm three stars. Yeah, I think I was possibly naturally feeling a bit harsher towards it because I know that like the guy and some of the actors and stuff who are like in the business and like professional. So I probably expected more because Dominic Brunt is, you know, a famous actor. So, I mean, when he's making his films, they are low budget genre films. Yeah, which I think, so, which I think is fair enough. Yeah, like there's no reason why he should be, that he should be polished just because he's an actor. So I actually, I actually thought, in terms of the production and the direction, I thought that was really polished. I think for for a sort of um, budget horror flick, yeah. I thought it looked really quite cool. Actually, I think the things I would have changed a bit were more related to the story. Well, it, I, some of the, so I think some of the script I didn't really understand. I didn't really think it worked. So. Well, ooh, well, actually, before we get into our critical commentary, yeah, should we very quickly summarise the plot? That's probably a good we're idea. Now in, yeah. We're now yeah. in spoiler zone, people. I think we can do this actually quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. So, so the reason they're at the manor is because they're making a vampire film. Mm-hmm. So at first, when the werewolf's killing people and body parts are turning up, they think they're props that have been left lying around, like the severed, yeah. the severed arms. So it takes them a while to clock that something serious has gone on. The first victims of the werewolf are some reporters from, I think, Phantasmagoria magazine. Yes, it was, yeah. Who are coming to do a sort of a set report on the film as it's being made. And basically, the the werewolf happens. Yeah. (laughs) And it's basically people getting picked off one by one. Yeah. And then at the end, um, the sort of drunk, lovey actor, Oliver Lawrence, Mm -hmm. uh, manages to kill the werewolf with a a silver-tipped... Uh, walking, walking cane. Walking cane, yeah. yeah. That's literally it. Well, and then... I mean, there's some little avenues that the yeah. plot goes down. And then at the end, we see that that's probably not the end of the story because in the attack, a lot of other werewolves have been made. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's implied so that everyone who died is now a werewolf. They all kind of get up and... Um, and actually, one of my favourite bits was the bit after the credits. Yeah. I love that bit. I thought it was really good. That was a very unusual way to provide a bit of backstory. So in the manor, I think it's implied that the manor belonged to a, a magician called the Great Mascalini or yeah. something. And then after the credits, we got this sort of very stylized black and white, almost like a, a short movie. Almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of him when he was young, somewhere in Eastern Europe. And basically implying a that he got bitten by a werewolf so although he sort of survived and returned to the uk this is how i interpreted it Mm. he had the werewolf's curse on him yeah and also that's where he picked up the silver tipped walking cane which is designed for killing werewolves nobody ever actually mentions either silver or the fact that silver kills werewolves you're just sort of left to infer because there's a couple of times when somebody holds the cane up and they've added sort of quite um, artificial glint. Like a glint, yeah. To draw your attention to the metal on the tip of it. But nobody actually says it's silver. And I suppose it's relying on you knowing <coughs> that, me. in the same way that most people know that vampires they are do the- allergic to garlic, people, uh, werewolves are allergic to silver. Well, at the end, the kind of, the sort of Madame Fortune Teller played by Rula Lenska... When we yeah. go to the flashback, she says to him, do you have any silver? Oh, you're right. No, they do mention so that's silver. The, I mean, Although not, they don't explicitly say because it kills werewolves. No, she yeah, literally yeah. just says, do you have any silver? And he says, no, ma'am, I'm a little short. And in her frustration, she gives him the yeah. cane with the silver tip. But yeah, they don't have, there's no great conversation about silver kills werewolves. But we no. sort of see this a couple of times, don't we, with the silver. And we, we'd actually inferred before the last scene of the main part of the movie before the credits, that it was, the cane was significant and that the tip would be silver. But just yeah. because of the way they drew attention to it. Yeah. So that's the plot. I did think it was a really unusual way to have that sort of um, 
black and white vignette after the credits to sort mm. of flesh out the backstory a little bit. Um, not in a bad way. It was just a very unusual choice to do it like that rather than sort of having the backstory incorporated more in the film. I found, see, I found it odd because I found that bit really professional and I found the rest of it a bit, some bit in parts a bit naff. Ooh, so it was a okay. bit well, like... Which bits did you think were naff? Well, there was quite a lot of it where I didn't really know what the actors were trying to do, whether they were trying to be funny or whether they were actually trying to be serious or what they were trying to do. Because they were, they almost weren't serious enough to be funny and didn't react enough. But they weren't funny enough to be serious? Well... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. So, okay, so I'll give you an example. When they're all just in the house and yeah. there's this dog outside they don't really know what's going on yeah they don't really talk about it that much they're just like oh something bad's going on and then one of the phantasmagoria writers or the one of the guys that works for the magazine comes into the house and drops down dead but no one really does anything they barely react and then someone goes oh he's dead put the curtains on him and I, I was should, like, we should phone the police. And then yeah. the guys, well, well, hang on. If we call the police, they'll shut the production down. Let's finish the film. Now I'm all for like that being funny because they, they don't care less because they're sort of so like into this film, but they almost didn't do that enough. But if he wasn't going for that, they didn't react at all. When, so, if someone walks into your house covered in blood, like yeah. <laughs> sort of all messed up and falls down dead. You yeah. react a bit in a bit of a different way. It doesn't that? happen often, but mm. when it does, <laughs> it's a real when it does, I react. Yeah, yeah. And I just found the acting was a bit lacklustre for me. Um, apart from James Fleet, who is always blooming fantastic, whatever he does, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but some of the actors, I didn't, I couldn't understand what they were trying to do with it. Um, so the bits that I. I think I found quite slow and quite like I didn't make a lot of sense to me was when they were kind of in the house still trying to film this film, I guess, while all these werewolf attacks were going on. Um, but maybe that... Sorry. Maybe I just didn't really get what they were trying to do. But it just all seemed a bit chaotic and no one no one doesn't care about each other that much. Like the fact that the guy was like shoving her in, in the cellar so that he, the werewolf would get her... Yeah, yeah, and not him. That was another scene. So there was a scene where one of the girls, um, I think she's like uh, the first. What do they call them? First aid. First, yeah, that's I it. Think first assistant. Director. First assistant um, director, and she goes down into the cellar to look uh, to see where one of the other members of the cast has gone, and we know that he's been trapped in there with the werewolf. Now. One of the other, um, I think it's the director, then sort of shoves her in there and locks her in. And I was like, well, there was a lot of bits like that. So what happened in that scene? My interpretation of that is she went down the stairs, found the missing person's head, screamed in shock, and he'd waited upstairs at the top of the cellar stairs, and he thought she was being attacked by the werewolf. Mm. So he sort of slammed the door. Basically, he was... He was just interested in self-preservation. Rather than try to help her, the minute he thought she was getting attacked by the werewolf, he tried to shut the door yeah. and keep her and the werewolf in. Um, but she wasn't actually being attacked. She was just screaming with fright. And so when she tried to get back up and realised he'd slammed the door and was trying to bar it, she was pretty annoyed with him. Because it was like he, mm. he'd thrown her under the bus. But to save were, his own skin. But there were a lot of bits like that, where they just, like, throw each other into the werewolf's path. Definitely, definitely. None of the characters seem to care about each other at all. But in any way, even to the fact that the um, producer make like, l- like literally puts them in harm's way. To try and So he can get away. But yeah. he doesn't even need to do that. I, I was just a bit like, it fell a bit flat. That for me, how the how the actors sort of all were and the uh, and the kind of the, the crew were to each other, and I just didn't think it worked for me. Um, like I said, I was all for, I'm all for like it that stuff like that happening when it's quite obvious and quite funny, but I just didn't I didn't get it. And didn't a bit really more work. Slapstick. Yes, maybe. that's yeah, yeah. So there was a bit that made me laugh at the end. So the only two survivors were the AD. Is her name Sarah? Fiona. Fiona, sorry. There was a Sarah in it, I think. Uh, 
Maybe. I'm just, I'm just muddying the water here. <laughs> so the assistant director, she says to um, Oliver Lawrence, who's pretty hammered by this point, he keeps finding <laughs> bottles of alcohol. And he's like, oh, just leave me here or whatever. And she says, no. I'm the assistant director. The AD's job is to make sure the actors get where they need to be when they need to be there. So get the fuck up. Mm. And he's like, oh, yeah, right. And he puts puts the lid on his bottle and goes with her. That's quite a nice scene because it's like, okay, these are the two guys who are actually going to survive and get out of this mess. And then when they bump into the werewolf, he just, he just shoves her at the werewolf and like sort of sneaks off. And I thought when that happened, I thought, oh, she's going to survive. He's going to have second thoughts and come back to rescue her. And then the werewolf just rips out her heart and starts <laughs> eating her. And I thought, wow, I wasn't expecting that to be fair. And I thought that there were some bits at the end like that that I thought were quite funny. So I think for me, the issue with the non-werewolf attack bits was a little bit like there wasn't enough story there. Yeah. Like if they'd, if they'd been something to create a bit of narrative like, ah, oh, um, the barn's full of, I don't know, something we can use. We just have to get to the barn and then we'll be fine. And then they'd been like variously trying to work together or backstabbing each mm. other and try to throw each other under the bus. But around the sort of, we have to get to this place to be safe. A bit like, uh, is it in Shaun of the Dead, where they decide to go at the pub? Yeah. And that, like, that just gives it a bit of momentum. But instead, they were sort of like sat around interacting with each other, just waiting to see what happened. You know, they didn't have much drive or motivation. No, and they kept and, flipping back and, and forth. And the relationships weren't there to make up for the lack of yeah. like, story structure. It was literally just like, well, the wolves are picking us off one by one. Oh, God, what are we going to do? I don't really know. Oh, this isn't very good. Oh, well, let's carry on filming the film, maybe. Oh, actually, no. It was a bit like they didn't have... I... The, the only thing that had that sense of movement for them was when they decided to turn on the lights because they mm, yes. were like lights. Yeah. So they go around the house turning on all the lights. That's the only time when they seem to have a plan that they were putting into action. And this is what I mean, I think. I'd get annoyed and like slightly like uh, with it and then something would happen and I'd be like, oh, it's picked up. Like, and I think you're exactly right. I think that's what it was. It was when the story was nothing and then it would move forward again and you'd kind of be like, oh, actually, yeah. And exactly like you said with the lights because then they're doing something. But there were a lot of bits where it, they were just sort of, aimless and not scared and not doing anything much. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't really like maybe work for me. Oliver Lawrence would be bindling around trying to find something to drink. Yeah, yeah. Or something. But they um, didn't even seem that scared for a long time that this people were getting mu- murdered. They yeah, were a bit yeah. blasé about it. And yeah, I, I think even if it had been the fact that they were... What would have worked for me, for example, is if they were like okay, all these werewolf attacks are happening, but we must finish this film. And that was the driver. And they were all trying to finish the film. And there was lots of scenes of them actually filming yeah. scenes. But they but they weren't. They were just like, eh, yeah, dunno. Where's such and such gone? I don't know. Dunno. Like, we would know they were dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes, I think the film would have benefited more and been a four-star rather than a three for me if there'd just been more of a story... Between the werewolf showing up. What did you think of the werewolf design? What, the actual costume of the werewolf? Yeah, yeah. I quite liked it. It was quite classic wolf. I had no problem with that. And I had no problem with the fact that this wolf's just tearing around eating people, because that's fine. Yeah. The werewolf's supposed to be this unhinged beast that can't control itself. Bit of blood splattering around. Fine, yeah. yeah. All that stuff was... Pretty good for me. I'm presuming yeah. the wolf was Mascalini because somebody made a reference yes, to the fact that he vanished yeah. 20 years ago or something. And you saw at the end, he turned into like a guy that looked a bit like the poster. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, Oliver Lawrence says, ooh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I'm was only putting that together now, actually. Mascalini, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, so I prefer werewolves with snouts because oh, I think okay. they look more like wolves. Yeah. So I think... That design, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. That is a design of werewolf you see, but to me it almost looks more like a sort of man-bat or just a, a demon. I think um werewolves with snouts look more like actual wolves. And there was, there's 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 uh, two scenes in the film where one of them, like, sort of arches its back and looks at the sky 
And to me, that it should have howled like, oh. oh! But instead, it sort of growled at the sky. And that didn't feel very wolfy either. I, f- I feel like, you know, it was a good costume, but it could have been a bit more wolf-like. But I did like, well, it did make me sort of laugh that the wolf kind of had a six-pack as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone's been working out. Yeah, yeah, doing them sit-ups. Um, but no, I mean, yeah. I, I quite like a bit of a kind of... I know what you're saying. I think there's different designs you can have. There are, and, and that, that's just a taste thing. That's yeah. not even a criticism. I know there's been lots of werewolves in cinema that have, that have had flat faces. Yeah, yeah. And some that are more like wolf, like like you barely know it's a man. Mm. You know, they've kind of gone that way with it as well, um, where it's just like a giant wolf, really. Yeah, I think, in fact, I think um, an American werewolf in London was a very wolfy. Yeah, wolf, some of them it? are more more wolf with like a hint of man. So yeah, I suppose yeah. it just depends. Um, but no, I, overall, I quite liked that it was just a costume and it wasn't like a load of CGI, CGI and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I was they they got points for that. Yeah. Um, but and this is the thing, I enjoyed it. I didn't. I, I I'm really sounding like I really disliked it. I just think it it could have been better quite easily. And I think, but I think I did really enjoy it. So what I will say, actually, I loved the way it looked and I loved just the feel of it. So for me, the where it loses the stars is the story. Mm. Like at the beginning when they're filming, the film they're filming is called, I think, Crimson Manor. It's a vampire film. Yeah. And at the beginning of the film, they had like the sort of old-fashioned movie logos and the British Board of Film Classifications, whatever it is, certificate for um, Crimson Manor. And I loved those opening scenes. And actually, I loved the way, like, a lot of the exteriors were just full of moonlight and mist and stuff. Mm. I just thought it had quite a nice look and a nice feel about it. Um, James Fleet was really good. It was yeah. a really good performance. He made me chuckle quite a lot. Um, yeah, he was good. And I think he always is. And I... Th- I think if they hadn't have had him, I, well, again, I I don't think any of any of the thing is it wasn't that the acting was bad, but the, a lot of them didn't really have a lot to do. I yeah, I think I think the scenes without the werewolf just felt a bit aimless. There wasn't yeah. enough to make it feel like it was moving a story on. Mm. It was almost like they were killing time between kills. Yeah. Um, and luckily, James Fleet's performance was amusing just because of his mannerisms yeah. and stuff and just his way of speaking. Yes, without, without him, there wouldn't have been much to it, I think. Feel but, like feel a bit like I'm slagging it off. I mean, to me, I guess three stars. Perfectly, perfectly respectable showing for a sort of midweek genre horror movie. Bit of fun. Yeah, totally. Um Solid effort, but could have been better. And I think maybe I do judge it a bit harshly when I think of the people that are like involved in it, because they are all in the business. And I don't know, just think it could have been a bit better. Because also the characters, some of the crew were all a bit too similar. There was no real, apart from apart from James Flea and the woman, no one was that standout-ish. Mm. So, yeah, could have been better. But it wasn't. It was enjoyable, and there were some really good bits in it. And like I say, I did really enjoy that whole after credits kind of scenes. Those, those yeah. few scenes, really well done. And oh, they should have used Rula Lenska more because she's <laughs> well, we just were so confused because she appears after the credits. Yeah, and we were but like, she what? Was, she was credited in the credits. Yeah, so we're like Rula Lenska. Who was she? And, and I got really the, confused. The post-credit scene played. I got really confused because we were talking about her earlier today, and I thought, hang on, am I? What is my brain doing? I was, <laughs> we were talking about her, but she's not been in this, I'm pretty sure, and I couldn't think of who yeah, she so would those, have been. those weren't just the credits for the film. They were the credits for our whole day. Yeah. It <laughs> it's like, here, here's who's appeared in Hannah and Ellis's day. Oh, there she is. Yeah, Rula Lenska, we were talking about her for a bit. Pizza guy. Um, yeah, it was weird because Rula Lenska came up and mm. then we saw her in the credits. We were like, she, she's not been in this film. Yeah, I very much doubted my brain. But oh my God, she was really good and that character was really good. So it was a bit like, God, this tiny bit at the end is would have been like such a good film. I think they yeah. need to do a spin-off just for me. I think I would have slightly preferred it 
if they'd found a way of working those scenes in. Mm. Like somebody had maybe discovered something in the past and they'd realised that the cane was for killing werewolves or something. Um, so the last film I saw by Dominic Brum was Evie. And that I really enjoyed, actually. Mm. And that didn't have, like, a monster popping up and killing people all the time. It was, like, a really quite sad character piece. And actually, that was engrossing because there really was a story and a mystery that kept you on steel. So where's this going? What's going to happen? And I think that kind of narrative impulse where you want to see what's going to happen next was a little bit absent here. Because, like we've said, when the werewolf, like, between kills... The people in the house just felt a bit aimless. It wasn't like they were united by a specific mission or a plan. No. or a, They were just bumbling about, not liking each other very much. And sometimes not even being that bothered that there was a werewolf there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, on another note, what was with that guy kept keep eating the arm? <laughs> so, so I was like, what is he doing? So I think he was tasting the blood. Yeah. And being a bit baffled by it because I think like fake blood is based on corn, corn syrup, or syrup yeah. And obviously it won't have tasted like corn syrup. And like he, he seems to be looking at it thinking, hang on, this is this is very good. What's this? And what and I think it was so I thought it was gonna gradually dawn on him. Yeah. That it wasn't that it a wasn't a prop, yeah. From the taste of it, it was real blood. But instead he sort of went inside and said to um <laughs> His implied girlfriend, who was the boom operator. Mm. Yeah, look at this. I think it's real. <laughs> did I dream that? Or no. did he... And he was sort of like then eating it a bit. And I was like, if you're unsure, stop eating it. I think he must have been joking to us when he said it. I think it's real. Because later when they found the rest of the dead person, he was like picking up the intestines and snapping them. He yeah. said something like, it's a masterpiece. I think he was just marvelling at how realistic it was. Yeah. But still thinking it was a prop and maybe just teasing his girlfriend a bit saying, I think it's real. Yeah, maybe. I was just a bit like, oh, God, no, stop eating that arm, even though I knew it wasn't real. I was just like, <laughs> oh, no, just don't eat it. Gross. Yeah. Hmm. I actually... I wish he'd been in it more and survived longer, because to me he was one of the more characterful characters. Yes, yeah, definitely. Guy. Like I could have quite happily had him hanging around and being one of the last survivors. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting James Fleet to be the last man standing. Mm. I thought the AD. The, would be I it. thought the AD would be, or yeah. maybe both of them. Yeah. I also thought they could have. They should have kept the guy who was um, one of the writers and who was in, like in the stable. Like hiding in the stable, they should have kept him around because oh, he was a bit jealous. more of a like character as well. Um, I think, yeah, because like near the end, you were just you just sort of had a few people who were sort of a bit similar and a bit like like the the young guy who dies trying to help them by stabbing the werewolf in the back. I hadn't even noticed him until he nearly died, yeah. and then I was like, "Oh, who's that? All oh, right, he's someone else in the crew." That's a very good point, actually. There were a couple of people who felt like they could have emerged over the course of the film as being the one for us to root, root, root for. Yeah, yeah, root yeah. For, yeah. You know, like be the sort of come of the hour, sort of mm. rising to the challenge and becoming the hero. <laughs> they all died, and most of them died quite early, yeah, quite quickly. <laughs> Oh, another thing. Uh, when they went into the pub to ask for directions yeah, at the beginning, yeah. what did he give them out of the box? A torch. Oh, uh, okay. A torch. So the joke was he opened the box and, and took out like this, a crucifix yeah. and rosary beads. Garlic. Uh, garlic, yeah. And the thing he wanted to give them was just a torch. Yeah. Uh, I missed that. I knew it was something ordinary, but I was like, oh, what was it? <laughs> there, there were some scenes that... that did make me chuckle, to be fair. I think I called it right on the trailer. It wasn't one of those comedies where you're just wetting yourself all the time. Um, like, a lot of the humour was quite gentle and subtle, but the scene with the sponge balls... Oh, yeah, I, I like that. Actually, that was really funny. This is the thing. It had really good bits in it. Like, it wasn't like... It wasn't one of those films where oh, I... Was... when the body double was falling over, that made <laughs> Yeah, it kept going plop. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't one of those films that I watch and I'm like, oh, God, you know, I, I'm waiting for this to finish. That wasn't the case at all. So maybe I maybe I sound harsh, but I think it's just because... I, you, you, I think it's because I maybe expect more from this kind of, like, 
you know, the makers, I suppose. But yeah. I just, I didn't, this is the thing, I didn't dislike it. It was just some bits were were, were really good and you thought that you wanted more of that and other yeah, bits yeah. just were a bit naff. That that was really what it is, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked the bit with the balls when they just kept coming. Because as well, I got up to get the Haribo mm. and then I sort of sat down and the table was covered with balls. <laughs> um, do we need to explain what that, well, no, if, if they've not seen it, I don't, I don't think. I don't think we need to explain that. I don't think it's going to help. Well, yeah, we love the bit with the balls. Bit with the balls. Yeah, Yeah, so three stars. Yeah. Yeah. Three for me. Yeah. Um, and I actually would be interested to see some of his other work. I really recommend Evie. Mm. And um, actually, I want to see, I think Before Dawn is the zombie one. But um, is also that Attack a of the Apple to Babies. Dawn of the Dead and stuff. I don't know. I don't know enough mm. about it. But I think um, Joanne Mitchell actually appears in that. Um, I'm just thinking out loud here. None of that might be true. I might even have the name wrong. It's okay. a zombie film. It's a zombie film. I like a zombie film. So, I don't think this will be on Rotten Tomatoes, but should we give it a shot? Let's give it a go, yeah. Refund it, tomatometer. What would your there. guess be? Hmm. 62. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to match that. I think mm. it's 62 as well. So, mm. we've we've drawn, we've drawn. basically, whatever, <laughs> whatever the result well done is. Us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well played, Ham. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Let's say that's even on here. Oh, it is on here. Wait a second. Do you know what I said at the beginning? Phil Jupitus was in the trailer. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't in it at all, was he? <laughs> Who did I think was Phil Jupiter? I'm not sure. Because I didn't see. I was thinking, well, I didn't see him, but obviously you saw him. No, no, it no. just came back to me. Then Phil Jupitus was not in that film. Sorry, guys. Phil Jupitus was not in there. <laughs> Not even in the post credit scene. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got no reviews, I'm afraid. So it's like on there, but no reviews. Uh, sorry, no score, just four reviews. Oh, there's four reviews? Four reviews, no score, sorry. Are they no. tomatoes or splodges? They're all tomatoes. All four. Shall oh, I read brilliant. them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Cat Hughes from THN says... Fans of Brunt's back catalogue are sure to be delighted with Wolf Manor. Three out of five. That's what we gave him. Anton Battelle from Sci-Fi Now says, In Dominic Brunt's comic Meet a Monster movie, a low-budget horror film set is cursed... He's literally saying the plot. (laughs) Is that... Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. So... Maybe we should uh, have read that out earlier in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I bet he's done it more concisely than we normally do. (laughs) He's a... In Dominic Brunt's comic meta-monster movie, a low-budget horror film set is cursed by a real carnivorous creature. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Great. Well done, Anton. Yeah, yeah. Martin Unsworth from Starburst, probably not Opal Fruits, <laughs> uh, has said... I love Starburst. Yeah, me it's too. It's a good magazine. Oh, and, oh. <laughs> and, and a great sweet. <laughs> great sweet. <laughs> it's a delight. And Martin says, genre fans will have fun with the references and the gore, and the more casual horror viewer will enjoy it as an undemanding diversion. Three out of five. I think that's perfect. Yeah, yeah that's I'd probably true, that actually. Well. I feel um, like we talked a lot about um, the things we did like, but I know, I was very enjoyable harsh. film, yeah, yeah. I'm quite aware I was quite harsh, but um, I just expect a lot from Paddy. This is what it is. <laughs> and, you know, I... I and just think, actually, come on, Paddy, do the best you can. To be fair, I, I did really enjoy Evie. Mm. Like, I would, maybe maybe we should watch that. Very different film, completely different kind of film, but I just really enjoyed the mystery and the performances Yeah, that film. Yeah, I mean, so I was just trying to see if there was anything else. Should we have the other two tomatoes? Tomatoes. Oh, one was just cheerfully silly. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Oh, hang on. Oh, no, don't worry. Ignore me. Uh, are there Ignore any me. user reviews? No, not at all. So clearly a lot of people haven't found it yet, but it hasn't been out ridiculously long, has it? I don't know how long it's been out, actually. 
Oh, got a finger on the pulse. <laughs> we just... Yeah, yeah. I'll probably say here. Um, I've got my finger on the pulse so much that I nearly read out a review of something else. Oh, what was it? Um, something called The Manor, which is also sounds like it'd be up our street. Oh, go on. A malevolent force preys upon the residents of a sleepy nursing home in the manor, a gothic tale of terror with a modern twist. That sounds incredible. I know, right? Anyway, we can't, I, I must get back to, to this. I'm being very distracted here. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf Manor. Right, okay. Wolf Manor movie. Why is this so difficult? What, what are you doing? I'm just looking for the release date. Oh. <laughs> oh, hang on, here we go. Oh. January 9th. Of this year? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Well, for us, that, that is quite a thing. That's quite a thing on the box. So, for it? the benefit of the tape, it's the 28th of February. So... I'm, I'm probably not going to get this podcast out till April. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm like at the minute? We'll be like, oh, we had our finger on the post. They'll be like, it was a year later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, dear. Yeah. So, actually... Yeah, I wouldn't have expected many people to have come across it yet, really. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're really into it. And it's this. an indie. It's an That's indie. That's what I mean. It's yeah, an, yeah. Unless you're really into kind of indie, sort of more underground stuff. Um, but yeah, that's really great that it's already on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think we should do another podcast in two weeks' time. <laughs> just like the old days had. Yeah. When we used to actually do our podcast. Let's do it. On the manor. <laughs> I think we should do the manor, yeah. That sounded like a brilliant synopsis. Oh, I've never heard of that. Okay. Let's do it. We'll reconvene here in two weeks' time and do the manor. What will happen is it'll be like Korean and we won't be able to find it anywhere. Oh, that's the point. <laughs> so see if we can find it. Yeah, yeah. Was it Was it called The Wailing, that Thai film? We oh, just couldn't find uh, that rings a bell. And we were really looking forward to watching that. And then you just couldn't get it anywhere. No. That was very bizarre. Um, oh, you can watch it on um, Prime. So, we'll, yeah, it will be sorted. Yeah, excellent. I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Tune in next time for more Midweek Horror. Don't get scared now. 